Hello, I'm Christy Scarro, and in this interview series, I'm talking to experts who help leaders to have an influence, gain commitment from their team, and make an impact. And today, I'm excited to be talking with Anab Avni, and she is a confidence and empowerment catalyst, helps leaders to identify negative self-talk, limiting beliefs that are holding them back, and empowers them to create inspiring work environments for their teams. I love that, Avni. So, or, <laughs> so I've already mispronounced Anab. So welcome very much to the conversation. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Thank you. So one thing I what I really was loving about kind of connecting with you is you call your business practice untangled coaching. Tell me yes. a little bit what what does that mean? Untangled. That's really uh, an interesting concept. Yes. When I just started um, coaching, I I realized that the word untangling kept coming up, and basically um, when I was listening to my clients and I could hear that everything was really tangled, everything was in a knot, and in conversation, slowly, slowly, we started to untangle things, and then when I needed to come up with a name for my business, because as you experienced yourself, my name is not that friendly, uh, I thought, yeah, untangled coaching, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing with my clients, I'm helping them to untangle all of the negative voice, the limiting beliefs, and everything that is holding them back. Well, it's a beautiful name, but it's a powerful concept to untangle, because you're right, as coaches, that's often what we're trying to do, is sort of pull out those pieces that are, you know, we get caught in, I think, in our in our minds. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so one thing that I also kind of got my attention on your website specifically was this statement of, your inner critic is a liar. So what, what do you mean by that? And what does that, uh, what do you do with that? Oh, this is really my, my favorite topic in the whole world. And again, slowly, slowly with working with my clients, I realized that really we have, we have two different entities. We have the unconscious mind. Some people call it the conscious, the, sub, uh, <laughs> the subconscious mind. And, and this uh, unconscious mind is, is so powerful. It's where our emotions and where our feelings and where our creativity lives. And this unconscious mind knows everything about it, about us, where we've been and where we are going. So the unconscious mind is always trying to steer us in the right direction, either so that we can get the best results or that we can get the best lessons and experiences. But on the other hand, we have the conscious mind, which is the, the thinking, the logical, the practical, uh, and it's also the house of the negative voice, the inner critic. Hmm. Now, the problem is that the inner critic is, it has only one job. And this job is to say, whatever you want to do, if you haven't done it yesterday, you can't do it today. Like, <laughs> this is it. Basically, stopping you from, from doing anything that you haven't done before, because it believes that it's protecting us and preserving us. So, so what tends to happen is that, you know, we, we have a really exciting idea, right? This comes from our unconscious mind because it's exciting. The unconscious mind knows where we should go. For example, you know, let's start a, a new business. And, and we, we have this idea and we're really excited about it and, and we know it's, it's calling us. And then what tends to happen is that the negative voice says, hang on, what does it mean exactly? You know, the negative voice wants to know all, all the answers. How much money you're going to earn? How many people are going to come? These are good questions for sure, but not in the sense that it's going to stop you from moving forward. And this is exactly what I mean when I say that the inner critic or the inner voice or the negative voice is a liar because it doesn't care 
what it does. The only thing it does care about is stopping us from moving forward. So it comes up with lies which latch onto our biggest fears. And all of a sudden, we, we really, we don't dare move forward. And it's not because it knows that we're going to fail. It doesn't know that we are really much more you know, rubbish than other people. It just wants to protect us. But because we are so scared, we say, oh, you know, you, you told me that I shouldn't do it because I'm going to get rejected. Or you told me I shouldn't do it because it's going to be a failure. Then I'm going to trust you and I'm not going to do that beautiful idea that we had. And, and we're so easy to believe this negative voice. And then what happens is we just stay in the comfort zone. So we don't move forward. And then what happens because we don't move forward is we start having this feeling of disease because, you know, there's two um, entities, the unconscious mind and the negative voice, they're fighting each other. Uh -huh. so that's kind of what I mean when I say that the inner critic is, is, a, is a liar because, yeah, it just wants to preserve us and it just wants us to do today exactly what we did yesterday. Yeah, it's so much easier to stay in our comfort zone sometimes. So if you're in that place, if you sort of have this idea nagging at you, maybe it's to start a business or take up a new hobby or whatever it is, it's drawing you and, and you kind of talk yourself out of it. What are some things you can maybe do You know, that comes out in your coaching? What are some tips for leaders to think about when they maybe are in that space to get themselves out of it? Right. So there's, there's a few different things here. But the first thing, um, whenever we find these conversations with ourselves where we feel I want to do something and I'm scared and I'm doubting myself and I think I'm going to fail, then the first question to ask is, you know, is it really true? Can I know 100%? Can I be 100% sure that if I do it, I'm going to get rejected or that I'm going to fail or that everyone is going to laugh at me or that I'm going to lose all of my money? Whatever the lies are, I, I really need to ask, is it really true? And I, I believe <laughs> that 100% of the time, the answer is no. And, and actually, if we start having some doubts or these kind of questions, we can use that to say, okay, so what kind of research do I need to do? You know, we can use that to help us move forward. Um, you know, if, if I'm doubting that people are going to buy from me or, or, or come to my shop or whatever, then that's a good idea for me to then go and do more market research and find out if I'm in the right location or if I've got the right name or the right niche or the right messages. So we can use the, the negative voice to help us move forward in a way that is really um, helping us to, to move forward and grow. But if we stay, you know, stuck and say, actually, I, I'm, I'm worried about people buying from me, so I'm not going to do anything, that, that's completely the wrong conversation that we are having with ourselves. Um, yeah, I think then, that's really, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you just asked me something about leaders and I, I just forgot what, what that part of the question was. Well, I, I forgot on myself because I was, <laughs> what you said is so, is so interesting to me because I think, you're, you know, it's really, you talk about that, those lies that we tell ourselves. And I think the key is how do you start to uncover what's a lie and what's not? And, uh, and that's, that's, I think, the hard part sometimes, right? If you go down the path of disbelieving it, without pausing to reflect, is it true? I think that's the risk and a lot of people get into that spot. They just kind of quickly move forward and go, yeah, yeah, that's not gonna work. And they don't, they don't get out of their comfort zone. So I think, I think your idea is a good one, which is how do you just pause and reflect about the truth behind that? And then, yeah, I guess I was, it was, it was kind of, I think you did sort of answer the questions because I was thinking if you're a leader 
which I think, you know, if you're managing people in particular, there's a lot of self-doubt there. You know, are you, you have kind yeah. of the dual role of the people who are reporting to you and the people that you're reporting to typically, and you're trying to balance those. So that self-doubt, I think, kind of comes, comes with the territory a little bit. So I don't know if there's anything specific to leaders that you can, beyond what you've said, that can, can help them get out of that mindset. So this, it's actually it's interesting. I've recently uh, published four four ebooks, uh, all to do with you know investing in your team's confidence and empowerment, and and they really help leaders to to see how they can help their teams, because you know I know from my own experience before I was a coach I was a user experience designer, so I was working you know in IT with you know with teams, and and I can I can tell really that some people are so insecure and they're so worried maybe they're going through imposter syndrome you know they're so worried about how they're being perceived and if they're doing something well enough or good enough they're constantly comparing themselves to others and also comparing themselves to an idea of themselves that they have and they're all, all the time finding themselves to be not good enough so leaders they should be able to 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 see that they are they have struggling people in their team and and what I noticed is that a lot of the time, you know, we, we, we say we work in a team, but team is actually in silo because people don't dare to say how they feel. They don't dare to share the, their insecurities or their doubts or or maybe that they're just not really confident about that part of job or deliverable that they're asked to do. So so they do whatever they believe that they can do with all the, you know, the with, with all their knowledge, but also with all the insecurities. And then they just do a, you know, a job that maybe is not even good enough, but because they're so scared of, of speaking up and asking for, for help or advice, they, they stay in that place, which is really unhappy. And what I want to say is for leaders, you know, we, we already know that every one of us, each and every one of us has stuff that we're very confident about and stuff that we're really insecure about. So when we uh, interact or when we see that we have a team and people there are not performing as we expect or as we think that they should, it's not because they decide to, you know, they get up in the morning and say, okay, today I'm coming to work and I'm going to do a really lousy job. No, there is something underneath all of that. There is an undercurrent of insecurities of being uncertain. And if you're a leader, you should, you know, really see it as, you know, in, in your realm um, to say, okay, let's talk about it. What is uncomfortable for you? What, what, is, what are you struggling with? Let's open it up because we are a team. <laughs> That's so important. We are a team. It means that we can help each other. And I think that a lot of the times uh, leaders, especially they have budgets and deadlines and stuff like that in the top of their head, top of their mind. And so they forget that actually if they invested in their team and really to help them to become confident and empowered, they will actually get the results that they want. So it just kind of all mixed up ideas and conversations that end up um, environments or workplace environments that are just really, really not optimal. Yeah, I know I've seen that where leaders don't, sometimes they shy away from having those conversations because they don't know how to handle the emotional reactions or they're very wrapped right. up in the results or they're finding other reasons why it's not, maybe it's not working as opposed to uncovering and I do see it being a really important role of the leader to recognize that there's probably something going on if things aren't, you know, people aren't making their commitments or there's conflict that's arising in the team and 
trying to ask those questions, people are going to be hesitant to share those potential weaknesses or concerns because it might affect them. So I think that's really good. Absolutely. I, I really I really uh, agree with what you're saying because we, we also have to remember that the leaders are just like all of us. So they have their own insecurities. And, you know, I was working with, with one of my clients um, and she, she was a leader and she she was, you know, she, she was a conflict avoider, uh, you know, mm-hmm. self-professed uh, conflict avoider. And she needed to have a conversation with one of her team to say, look, you know, your work quality is, is you know, is not so good. What what's going on? And she couldn't bring herself to to have that conversation. You know, she kept thinking to herself, you know, if I say that, am I being unreasonable? And what will they say? And maybe maybe they're already going through something that me saying something to them is going to make it even more difficult. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, instead of being the leader and objective and you know saying, I'm just saying it as it is, she just thought to herself, I know what it would be like if someone else said that to me. So basically, she identified too much with the with the other side, not recognizing that with kindness, having that conversation could could actually help that person really quite a lot to to grow and to understand that something is going on and they need to to show up in a different way. So, yeah. you know, like I said, we all have places where we are confident. We all have places where we are insecure, but we need to find a way to to be able to just say, you know. <laughs> we need to be able to be vulnerable and to say, look, I'm, I'm struggling with this or I'm not sure, or, you know, I need some help with that. But this goes both way for leaders and for the team. So we need to be able to open up the conversation and, and see what, what is happening. Yeah, I, I see that so much as that was as a struggle. I mean, there's less the leaders that are, I would say, kind of in your face demanding and more that are resistant to have those difficult conversations and I, I, I love the way you brought kindness in there because I often say it's more important sometimes to be kind instead of nice. And that sort of is that point, which is you're not actually, you know, you feel like you're not being nice by having a difficult conversation. But the law, in the long run, if you're not doing it, it's, it's not helping anybody, right? It's, it's, it's creating insecurities Absolutely. in yourself and then creating insecurities in the other person. So totally agree with that concept. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have to, to realize that each of us have our own path to go through. This is the path of life. And it is possible that, you know, it happens, it so happened that you are in on this path of this other person because by having that conversation, again, with kindness, you're basically helping them to move forward that if you were not there, they, it would take them a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So actually, when you stop looking at it, okay, it's, it's me, I need to have this conversation and I want to avoid this conflict and I don't, you know, because it's not about you in this po- uh, point, it's actually about the other person. So how can you help them to, you know, to basically wake up to the to reality a little bit? And Yeah, I like I, that flip because you do feel like they almost, it's almost like they're as an extreme level of empathy, which is like, I wouldn't want anyone to say that to me and I'd feel bad about it. It's going to make me feel bad to hurt that person's feelings but you're really not putting yourself in the other person's shoes who is potentially struggling, not sure why, maybe feels not sure what to do about it and, or has no idea and is not performing and you know, you've got, it's gotta be addressed. So I think that's a really good mindset thought about how you shift that from how I'm feeling about this to how, you know, what the impact and having the difficult conversation is going to be on them. 
So one, one other thing that I, I kind of came across is you have some, some expertise is in about why do people procrastinate? Because I think that's such a big one. I mean, we're, we're kind of going into the new year. Everyone's sort of gung-ho to get things going, but procrastination, I'm definitely guilty of it. So why, what do you think is the driver behind that? And how do you maybe avoid that a little bit more? Right. So it's really interesting because a lot of the time when people... Um, uh, they say, oh, you know, I'm procrastinating. The next thing that they say or they think about themselves is that they're lazy. Mm. And and I'm like, I don't believe in lazy. I really don't believe in lazy. But what I do believe is in is in, is fear. And a lot of the time, you know, you, you have something to do. And then you realize that actually you're worried about something. Maybe you're worried about uh, failure or rejection. Or actually maybe you uh, have fear of success. Because once you get going with that thing, it will be out there. And what does it mean about you? Aww. So, so it's, I, I really believe that when we, we have this, you know, when we recognize that we're not doing something that we meant to do or that we actually really want to do, the first question to ask is, what is going on? What are we believing that is going to happen when I get this thing done? Um, so this is one really important question. The other thing that I also believe about procrastination is that it's basically it's just too big of a of a, um, a task. So let's chunk it down because you know if I need to climb a mountain, I can't do it in one go. I have to chunk it down, and and that that brings us what we spoke about earlier about the comfort zone. You know, as soon as we come towards the edge of the comfort zone, our negative voice goes into an overdrive. So it basically says, okay, I, I told this person, all these lies, and it didn't work. So now I have to dial it up and say really big lies, really, you know, really big, big lies. So so here we are, um, you know, about to do something that we haven't done before. Our negative, our negative voice is telling us super lies, and now we're not sure what to do. So if something is, is too big of a task, the negative voice is really saying, oh, you know, what's the point? You're not going to do it anyway. Uh, you know, you're probably going to fail. Is, I'm thinking in my head about essays for some reason, but you know, <laughs> it's this thing that we have to do. And, and now we, we're telling ourselves all of these lies. So when I say chunk it down, a really good idea is to chunk it down to such a small level that basically you're going to take a step forward, but your negative voice is not going to realize that you're moving forward. So don't do something that scares you, but just say, okay. So for example, if you have to write an essay and your negative voice is in an overdrive, you can start saying, okay, so I'm going to just write bullet points of all of my ideas of how I'm going to do it. So the negative voice like, yeah, it's okay. You know, she's not moved yet. I'm, I don't, I can still rest here. Uh, right. So you, you start to chunk it down to a way that uh, is moving you forward, but it's not big enough step so that to wake the negative voice with its, all of its uh, lies. So that's, that's kind of how we think about procrastination. First of all, it's, it's, it's fear of something. Second thing, it might be just too big. So chunking it down would be really helpful to, to move forward. Yeah, that's really insightful. Because I'm a procrastinator myself, and I was trying to think, which one is it? Is it for me? It's, it's probably both at times, uh, or one mm. versus the other. I know uh, often I find myself, if I'm thinking something's really big, it's going to take me hours, and I'm like, I don't want to spend hours on it. The reality is at the end of the day, it doesn't usually take me the amount of time that I've built up in my head. So if I... So similar, if I'd done it a little bit here and a little bit there, and I, you know, I would have been able to uh, to get there faster and feel like, why did I think this was going to be so hard when it really wasn't? And I think it's because you 
just got to start sometimes and chunk away at those at those little steps and go, oh, it's moving quite well. Actually, this is kind of good. This is, this is working. And then convince yourself, this wasn't as big as I thought. Right. But I think even, even that, if it's still, you know, finding time here and there, if it's not planned, it, it would be really easy to, to put it to later. But if you say, okay, you know, I, I when I was writing the, the e-books, uh, there was something going on with the family. Uh, and all of a sudden, I realized that I, I just couldn't get my head into writing. It was just not happening. But then I had a contract and a deadline. And I was like, okay, so I have to do it. And then I realized that if I just thought, oh, I need to write the book, um, it's it wasn't happening. But when I said, okay, I can sit here and I write 600 words, no more, like, actually only 600 600 i can do and and so i did that so three days i only sat down did 600 words and then the fourth day you know the gate just opened and i could uh, go back to writing so what i also really like in in this kind of um, thing is when the night before you you at the end of the day like today you, you sit down and you write six things that you want to achieve tomorrow and it's things that um you know all of these ideas that go around in your mind you write it down and then uh, just six things. <laughs> and then the next day, because your plan is already there, you don't have to go into your emotions and do I feel like this or am I scared about that? Mm. It's already written down. So you say, okay, item number one, I have to do this, cross it out, move on to number two and, and so on. So it's already giving you structure that is there and it doesn't take into account the negative voice. It doesn't take into account the, the, you know, the emotions and the fears. It just says, okay, step number one, what do I do? And again, we can chunk it down into such levels that are really easy to, to move forward with them. That's a really smart strategy. No, thank you for sharing that. So the one thing I do want to say is I know you've got uh, a free online course about helping ways to increase confidence. So uh, because a lot of what we've talked about is obviously building confidence and understanding what, what's, what those lies are in your head. So I'm definitely going to share that in the, um, in the description so they can find you and maybe just give me a quick summary of, of what the, what the, uh, they'll get when they click on that. Some of the outcomes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's, it's really, it's five, five lessons to a confident you. Um, and it, it, it is all everything that we actually spoke about today. It is about the, the negative voice and understanding the other side, the unconscious mind, which really pushes you to, to do the things that you're meant to do in life. Uh, it's also about procrastination. There is something there about uh, ego and attachments. So also understanding why we're not doing the things that we want to do. Um, so there's five lessons and in each lesson there's a video and also some like a workbook uh, or, or quiz. So, so helping people to, to really get into the, to the new mindset of, of being more confident to understanding what is really holding them back. That sounds super interesting. I'm definitely going to check that out. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Any just before we wrap up, any last thing that I should have asked you, or some final words on on what you want to share? For me, the the really the the one liner <laughs> for everything that I really do is to to recognize that we have this liar inside of us, the inner critic, the inner voice, negative voice that keeps saying to us, "You can't do it. You're going to fail. You're not you're not good at it," and all of that. And when we listen to the negative voice. We, we can't move on in life. So the negative voice tells us lies and keeps us back. And because it also goes against the unconscious mind, we, we really feel stuck. We feel heavy. We feel like, you know, some, nothing, is going, nothing good is happening in life. Mm 
So just be aware of the conversation and then ask yourself, really, do I really know that all of these bad things are going to happen? And as you know that they won't, you can start doing things. Maybe as we said earlier, small step forward at a time. Wonderful, great advice. And I appreciate you taking the time made up to be here today and share your wisdom with, with my audience. Uh, and it was, it was a pleasure to, to connect with you and to, uh, and to share in your, in your knowledge. So thank, thank you, you very much. much. Thank you.